Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll continue our, our summer series as we look at A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 by W. Philip Keller. A wonderful book uh, available on Audible, Kindle, uh, you can still find it in paperback throughout uh, bookstores online, including Amazon, Thrift Books, and Christian, uh, the Christian Store, I believe, as well. Uh, but wonderful book. Hopefully, you uh, take the time to read it. So if you're catching this later on the podcast or the radio or however you get this, um, we want to thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, today, we're going to be dealing with the simple question of who is the Lord? There's something that's so simple in Psalm 23 at the very beginning of the verse, we're not even going to get to the complete Psalm uh, 23, verse 1. We're actually only dealing with the first half of it. The Lord is my shepherd. Uh, when you break that down and you go, the Lord is, uh, one of the things that really hit me is I was like, can you answer who the Lord is? Do you know his attributes? Do you know his character? Uh, one of the things that I know for sure that I see uh, that I've seen throughout the time that I've uh, been walking with Christ and even in my own life is, is people struggle in those deep, dark valleys and they don't know which direction to go. And it's only because they don't understand the attributes of God. Um, the, the, it, because the attributes of God allows us to strengthen our relationship with God. Think about it. If, if God is goodness... If God is sovereign, God is holy, God is grace, God is love, but that's not even, man, you get into the God is all-powerful, God is all-knowing, God stands outside of time, God is eternal, God's always existed. Those are the things you need to call on when you're in the valley. You need to bring those things out of the remembrance of your heart, who God is. So whether you're giving praise for those attributes, whether you're giving adoration for those attributes when you pray, it's important for you to know who the Lord is. Because if you know who the Lord is, then he personally becomes my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And that's what we're going to look at today. So I hope you're ready. So here is the first half of this two-part study. All right, today we're going to actually be in Psalm 23. We're actually only looking at the first half of the psalm. 
Um, I, I know this probably sounds a lot different than how it sounds normally on Wednesday night. Uh, we, we had some issues with the audio, so we had to redo the, the teaching, and so um, here we are. Uh, but simply what we're looking at is Psalm 23, verse 1, and only the first half of it. Actually, this week we'll be looking at the Lord is my shepherd. And then next week we'll actually look at I shall not want. Uh, which is, that's a whole nother thing on contentment. America has a huge issue with contentment. Uh, we struggle with that a lot. Um, but that's a whole nother teaching for another time. Today we'll be looking at uh, Psalm 23, and I want to open up every time that we go over this. It's very important for me um, uh, is to read the psalm in its completion every time that we meet. And so let's do that first, and then uh, we'll get at it. And uh, Psalm 23, uh, verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, just reading that again is just a beautiful uh, piece of scripture from David, uh, who was a shepherd himself. Um, and, and, you know, you learn a lot from being a shepherd, and that's what Dr. Doctor, I keep trying, trying to call him doctor, but W. Philip Keller teaches us as he is a, an actual pastor who purchased sheep, intended sheep. And so these are the things that he learned as he tended sheep, and that's really what it comes down to. The main point that we're going to be looking at tonight is, is the Lord is my shepherd. Um, the first part that we have to really deal with is the Lord is. So who is the Lord? And we talk about the character of God. We, we talk about the shepherd and the, uh, the adequate credentials that the shepherd have to be the owner of the sheep, right? And, and we know that comes down to the shepherd's character, to the shepherd's attributes, because one of the things that you're going to learn throughout the book is there's the sheep on the other side of the field that are not being cared for, that are infested with disease, that are uh, don't have adequate water supply, don't have uh, adequate food, that they're 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 basically dying. And it just reminds me, you know, as you look at the sheep on the other side of the you know the fence, they're they're taken care of by the good shepherd. And it's really a picture of uh, that verse where, you know, the, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God comes to give life, but life abundantly. And, and so it's that picture of that. Uh, and you're going to see that throughout the book uh, because it's going to come up a number of times throughout the book. And, and not only that, you're going to see that some of the sheep that are actually in with the good shepherd decide they want to see things on the other side of the fence. And start chasing things on the other side of the fence. So that does happen. And anybody who's been in Divine uh, or Natalia or Lytle, when they're driving into uh, to the area, you see farm animals everywhere. You see shepherds. Uh, you see sheep. 
You see goats, you see donkeys, you see horses, uh, cows, uh, longhorns. Um, I mean, you see all types of animals. And, and the funny thing is, is it doesn't matter what animal it is, and it doesn't matter how nice the pasture is. They're always trying to stick their head outside the fence to eat the grass on the other side of the fence. And some of them actually get out. So that does happen from time to time. And so, um, you know, if he is our good shepherd, uh, I think the thing that keeps us from drifting, the thing that keeps us from being tempted, the thing that um, uh, strengthens us when we're going through those, those big trials and those days of suffering and those days of great pain is to understand his attributes um, and, and having them stored on your heart. Is very important. Is very important because uh, I mean, when you look at his attributes, that God is eternal, that God is goodness, He's grace, He's holiness, uh, His eminence, His immutability, uh, His justice, His love, His mercy. Um, you know, He's all knowing. He's all powerful. He stands outside of time. He's righteous. He's self-existent. He's always existed. Uh, he's sovereign. And also transcendent. And so what that means is that, that, that God, um, when, we, when we look at that, it's important to understand that, that he's always existed, that, um, that, that you know, although he's unknown and unknowable, unknowable, God continually seeks to reveal himself through creation, through his word, um, and, and to reveal himself the way he did with Moses. And so... It's important. There's a whole nother study you could do just on that uh, alone. But uh, we're going to try to run run through some of these attributes to try to give you some more um, scripture to back these up. And because it's very important for you to understand them. Um, I think that's one of the things that, that I realized is that for me early on in my faith, I didn't I didn't I didn't know all these attributes. I, I knew that he was all knowing. And that he was all powerful, but I didn't know all the other things like he was eternal. And and I know that seems silly, but when you're when you're just learning about God, you're learning, and so that's part of it. And so let's look at the first one: God is eternal. Uh, simply, you can go to uh, Exodus chapter three, verse fourteen, and God said to Moses, "I am who I am." Uh, and in Psalm one hundred two twelve, but you. O Lord, uh, shall endure forever in the remembrance of your name to all generations. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ is the same uh, yesterday, today, and forever. So God has always existed. Um, he's eternally uh, into the past, but he also has a plan for creation. So uh, before the foundations of the world, God ordained the creation, the fall, the incarnation, the resurrection, and the salvation of his people. Let your head wrap around that for a second, right? That's amazing, right? That, that man, God has everything, including his son, who is eternal, right? The firstborn of creation, who is eternal because we know that he shows the scars of his hands of the crucifixion to Thomas and them, correct? In Luke chapter 24, verses 36 through 40. And so we know that Christ is eternal as well. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Uh, we have His goodness. And man, I don't know if people really know that's one of His attributes. Psalm 25, 8 says, Good and upright is the Lord. 
James chapter 1 verse 17 says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And then in Exodus chapter 34, uh, verses 6 and 7, it says, The Lord, uh, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, and the children, uh, children's children uh, to the third and the fourth generation. So he's merciful, he's gracious, he's long-suffering, he's abounding in what? Goodness. Goodness. So God is good. And he alone is the one who measures what is good. This is very important for you to get. Because there are none good, no, not one. Okay? Please understand that because God is good. He's the one that we measure that to. Christians think, or people think, that my goodness will get me into heaven, that I've done enough good to get me into heaven. That's not how that works. Unfortunately, it tells us there are none good, no, not one, meaning that you sin, and you're separated from a holy God because of that sin, and, and you know he's the one who's the measuring stick for goodness, and so we'll never, we'll never reach that. Uh, but for Christians, our goodness is secured in our Lord, right? Uh, the Christians know that we, that we have uh, been bathed in, in, in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, meaning that we have been covered by the blood of Christ, we've been uh, sealed with the Holy Spirit, and we're His. Romans chapter 8, verses 28 says this, tells that uh, God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, and to those who are, are called according to his purpose, this is the believer's rest and assurance. Do you understand? Like, it doesn't mean that you're not going to go through those valleys. I mean, I, he talks about the valleys here in, in Psalm uh, 23. And, 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 uh, and it's important for us to understand that, that it's according to the, his purpose, that it's God who's working those things together for good. It may not seem like it at the time. It may be something so horrific, you're going, there's no way. You know that there, there's, um, I w there's a couple of videos that I've seen where people are, are going through transition, um, and then they've, they've destroyed their bodies. Um, they've gone through the surgeries, and then they've stepped back, and, and God has come into their life. And, and you go, man, they went through... I mean, multiple, not one or two surgeries, but multiple, multiple surgeries, medications, things that just were destroying their bodies. And then they come to faith. And now they're proclaiming God and in, in trying to share their story to prevent other kids from going down that path. Um, and, 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 and it's amazing because you go, how can anything come out of that? They they they've taken away body parts. They've done. I mean, it's it's tough, but God again, it, it because they they belong to Him now, right? They belong to Him now, and and He'll work all things together for good for those who love God. A death in a family, right? A loss of a child, a marriage that's 
separating and, and, and parents are fighting and, uh, and yet somebody comes to faith. I just heard the story uh, yesterday of somebody who, um, you know, the, the, the husband was Army vet, Afghanistan vet, and angry, 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 ready to fight at any time. And yet something told him that morning to go to church, and he went to church and, and the Word of God washed over him and gave his life to Christ. And his wife, a couple of weeks later, is like, I don't know what's wrong with you. You're being too nice. I don't know what, what happened. But whatever it is, I want that. And now the marriage is saved. The kids are saved. Because God, they love God, and God's going to, going to work together for, for the good of those who love God. He works it all together. And it's for the, according to His purposes, and who gets the glory? God does. Those are amazing stories when you hear them. I love hearing stories like that, because that's just the, the power of God. Another one of His attributes, right? There's His grace. That's another attribute, another character, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measures, uh, measure of Christ's gift. Hebrews 4, 16, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Do you go boldly to the throne of grace? Seriously. Do you boldly go to the throne of grace? Psalm 145, 17 says, The Lord is righteous in all His ways, gracious in all His works. Grace is simply unearned or unmerited blessing. You can't earn your way into heaven. Um, it's by grace that you're saved. There's something called common grace. Then common grace shines on the uh, those that are God's children and as well as the wicked. Um, that's, you know, it's, it's part of common grace, but the special grace that's demonstrated to God's people. And, and it's solely upon God and his will because God is good. We have his holiness and this is why we're separated from a holy God. He cannot be in the presence of sin. In first Samuel chapter two, verse two, it says, no one is holy like the Lord. Isaiah 63, uh, I'm sorry, Isaiah 6, verse 3, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. Uh, Psalm 99, verses 2 and 3, The Lord is great in Zion, and He is high above all His peoples. Let them praise Your great, awesome name. He is holy. He is holy. God is pure. He, he, he is uh, separated from the rest of creation. He is holy. He is moral. There is purity there. No, no man can approach an incorruptible God. Okay? Just remember that. Remember um, Aaron's sons? They tried to go and, and, and uh, light the fire in, uh, in the temple, and, and they were in the presence of holiness, and they were struck down. They were struck down. 
his eminence. Uh, we look at uh, that just describes God's uh, whose hand is working through all of the minutia of life uh, to produce the love and, and enjoyment of his word, his gospel, and himself. Uh, Acts chapter 17, verses 27 through 28 says, He is not far uh, from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. In Jeremiah 23, verses 23 and 24, I am a God near at hand, says the Lord. And not a God of afar, afar off. Can any, anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him? You need to hear that. So says the Lord, do I not fill the heaven and the earth, says the Lord. So like, you're not hiding from God, man. You may get, be getting away with it in other places, but you're not, you're not hiding, hiding it from God. We also know that he is a great source of, of comfort uh, for the believer. It's immobility. Uh, in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, For I am the Lord, and I do not change. In James chapter 1, verse 17, Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Some of these we will repeat the verses, because they match up to the attributes. But we do know that, that God does not change his mind. He doesn't change his characteristics, his plan, or anything else. His security is, is you know, better than any earthly insurance. You know, it, it's, it guarantees his quality and character gives security to the believer. Okay? That's important for you to understand. It doesn't change his mind. He, God is justice. God is justice. Romans chapter 1, verse 32. Who, knowing the righteousness, judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only to do the same, but also approve those who practice them. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17. The Father without partiality judges according to each work. Conduct yourself, uh, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here. In Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 32 and 33. It says, however, you are just in all that has been following us. Now, God is just, and that means that God is the ultimate judge, not you. Did you get that? God is the ultimate judge, not you. The shepherd is the ultimate judge, not you. Men will lie and steal and cheat. Um, we see that in Washington all day long. We see that in the Congress and the Senate all day long. And you go, when is justice coming? When is justice coming for those that have been human trafficked into the America, into the United States? When, are, when is justice coming for those that have been sex trafficked into the United States? When is justice coming for the unborn that were killed? When is justice coming for the kids that are being indoctrinated into the LGBT community by teachers and principals and students? As they, as they push this on our kids to, to, to trans, to, to change genders, to go against God's word directly. Now I'm all for free will. If you choose to do that with your life, that's your choice. But I think the parent's responsibility is the parent's responsibility until that child goes off to uh, graduates high school. And then from that point on, that, that child can choose to do whatever he wants. But to push that on a five and six-year-old 
child is absolutely insane to think that there are six-year-old kids that are addicted to pornography. I was listening to a radio show called License to Parent, and the, the, the host was talking about the addiction rate of children from ages 6 to 10, and, and, and that they have kids that are addicted to pornography at age 6. And we want to push pornography books, talk about different types of um, sex to, to, uh, to elementary kids. To elementary kids. And we're going, Lord, where's the justice? It's coming. It's coming. We need to trust that. We need to trust that. We need to trust that, that He is just. Uh, he is righteous. He is holy and He will judge. And He is sending His Son, Jesus Christ, back to judge this world. And if you don't know Him, you will be judged through the great white throne of judgment and if your name's not written in the book of uh the book of life you will be judged and your eternal destination is hell and you think well i'm a christian i'm not going to be judged you're going to go to the bema seat <laughs> judgment and every word every deed everything that you've ever done is going to be judged you're going to be looked at now you're covered by the blood of christ so you know you're in uh, your eternal destination is secure, but it's whether or not you get rewards in heaven. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 